Welcome to the Joe Watt Podcast. I am Joe Vendramini from the University of Florida Range Cattle Research and Education Center. And today our guests are Mr. Edgar Davis and Connor Davis from Wachula, Florida. Thanks for being with us today. We're glad to be here. Glad to be here, Joe. Um, I would like uh, Mr. Edgar to please introduce himself and tell a little bit about your background, Mr. Edgar. Well, I'm Edgar Davis. <clears throat> I'm not as young as I used to be. Uh, I'm not 13 years old, and uh, not going to tell you how old I am because I'm going to have a birthday next week. But I've been in the fertilizer business here in Florida Fertilizer for 59 years. So, and we put this plant up in 1959. So, that's one yesterday. <laughs> and Connor. Uh, yeah, I graduated the University of Florida Food and Resource Economics in 2013, and in January of 2014 started working here at Florida Fertilizer and have been here since. And you are the third generation? Third generation. Edgar is my granddad. He's the first generation. My dad is Keith. He is the second, and me being the third. Yep. Thank you. And, and Mr. Edgar, can you please give us a prospect about uh, what were the changes that happened in the fertilizer business like in these last 50 years? Well, Joe, you said we didn't have a 15 minutes. You haven't got a day and a half, but we'll touch on the top ones. It's unbelievable how much the fertilizer business has changed. And when we started here, it was all bags, and now it's all bulk. Either even we bulk for the Big bags, thousand pounds, two thousand pound bags. Well, of course, they have big, big containers. But that has been one of the things, and the thing material has certainly been a, getting a lot better. The physical position of the materials and materials itself. For instance, back then we had uh, organics from hide waste and organic waste, uh, cottonseed meal. Uh, castor pumice, peanut oil, peanut holes, and now the only uh, organic material we have is sanitary sewer product, and that comes from all over the world, from Boston right on down to Orlando, I think. Get any out Orlando, son? Orlando, Jacksonville, Atlanta. But that's the only organic nowadays. Of course, that's not organic like you think about it, but that's treated. It is heated and it uh, is safe to use. And it has to come under the 503 restrictions that we have in the fertilizer industry. Yeah, uh, we hear a lot from producers that over time the price of fertilizer got much more expensive in relation to the commodity that they sell. Um, is that true? And what would be the reason for that? relative increasing price. Well, Joe, about 50 years, 50, 60 years ago, we had 475s and 575s and 666 as about the highest analysis you could build because the materials you build it out of were low analysis. Now you have ammonium nitrate and diammonium phosphate and monoammonium phosphate and 60% uh, potassium uh, uh, potash so you can build higher analysis. In fact, we used to an 888 was just high, high analysis. You never heard about it. But nowadays, if you got a 2510 or a 201010, it's kind of common. And we, with the fertilizer from a, from a unit cost of fertilizer is much more economical now than it was 50, 60 years ago. Mm -hmm. 
big big factor in the cost is is the transportation mm-hmm. with fuel two dollars and a half to three dollars it costs much and truck uh, trucks cost and trailers these high dumps are really expensive <laughs> And, and Connor, um, on the nitrogen uh, fertilizer standpoint, we see that in the Midwest and other locations they work with a lot of urea. But here in Florida, that's not a common source. Yeah, we don't use a lot of urea in Florida. Um, one of the concerns, it dry urea, we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the concerns is volatilization with the heat and humidity that we have here. It's not ideal. People tend to like the ammonium nitrate or ammonium sulfate sources better. Um, and there are different rules and regulations con- concerning urea being stored in the same facility as ammonium nitrate. So we don't have it. We have it in 50 pound bags, which we use on occasion, but no- nothing in the bulk, you know, realm of things. Everybody likes the ammonium nitrate and ammonium sulfate. If you have to guess based on your market here, uh, for pasture, for forages, what do you think is the source that the producers Uh, like the most? Um, most farmers or ranchers, they will say the cheapest source of nitrogen per acre. Mm-hmm. Um, that has fluctuated over the years. It used to be all ammonium sulfate would be the most common. It was the cheapest. Now, since manufacturing has changed, ammonium nitrate is cheaper cost of nitrogen per acre. So in the last two to three years, I've seen more nitrogen go out. But the, the farmers, they do like, if they need to adjust their pH, they like the sulfur and the ammonium sulfate so they can buffer their pH with that. So you do see people that will use ammonium sulfate regardless of price. Mm-hmm. Another common thing we've seen is mixes with half nitrate, half sulfate to get that balance. So mm-hmm. The nitrogen from the ammonium nitrate is a little bit quicker uptake. The sulfur is a little bit more gradual. So sometimes mixing them together gets a little bit longer of a uptake in the plant, a little bit longer growth period. And according to the order here, you can provide that material if somebody has come. Uh, yes, come we're, a, we're a bulk blend facility and a custom mixing, so anything a customer wants that we can uh, do within a 2,000-pound mix, we can make. So we we can blend it, you know, all ammonium nitrate, a quarter ammonium nitrate, anything, any mix really that's, that is doable through the analysis of raw materials we have, we can, we can custom make. Joe? To put that in perspective, it's most like a prescription that the doctor writes. We make you make up the prescription and we'll fill it. Yes, mm-hmm. and that's good customer service. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. they can. Yes, sir. They well, can attract to some customer. Anytime a customer wants to uh, custom blend, we're ready to blend it. Mm-hmm. Make it out of materials he wants to. And and Mr. Edgar, uh, switching now to phosphorus. Um, we all know that we are here right on the top of a phosphorus mine, right? Here in Florida, in South Florida, in the region that we are. Um, and, and a lot of producers believe that phosphorus should be cheaper, right? Because we are right here on the top of... And, and what is the reason why we probably have to pay the same amount here uh, on the top of phosphorus mine than the people will pay in the Midwest in Iowa? Well, looking at it from the, from the phosphorus people perspective. Corn is the big user of fertilizer in the United States. And the amount of acres of corn planted has a certain 
certain effect on the price of materials that we have to. So if they can ship uh, phosphorus to Illinois or the corn deal and get such a price for it and such a profit, they look at for us to give them the same kind of profit here in Florida. Okay, and for for people to get a concept of it, the corn market is roughly 90 million acres. Mm -hmm. The state of Florida is only 33 million acres. So, and we have in citrus about 400,000 acres of citrus in Florida. So, the corn market's three times the size of the whole state of Florida. Mm -hmm. So, when they pick up and move and the price of corn is good, their demand takes a lot. We're a niche market down here, believe yeah. it or not. So, the volume that they use is not only corn, right? There is yeah, also soybean, soybean and like canola and yeah. some other crops that they, they do annual crops there that will will take a lot of the phosphorus. Corn, wheat, and soybeans, I think, are the big crops mm -hmm. in the United States. They take more fertilizer than probably all the rest of us put together. <laughs> in fact, one time when we had 850,000 acres of citrus here in Florida, about that time there was 85 million acres of corn planted. And if you divide that out, they had 100 acres of corn forever one acre of citrus that we had. That was before the 80s, when we had all the weather that started pruning our acreage down. Mm -hmm. And if you have to to pick one source of phosphorus fertilizer that is the preferred, that you sell the most, it would be super triple phosphate? Uh, diammonium phosphate. Diammonium would phosphate. Would be the DAP, be the most popular. That's because of the nitrogen in the DAP is the most economical source you can buy. Okay, so it's a combination of the phosphorus and and the nitrogen. Okay, and and go ahead. I'll keep going. So uh, yeah, and uh, my last uh, topic here will be about the potassium. So that we uh, in Florida, just here in Florida, we have been talking a lot about potassium lately. Because uh, people believe that potassium is too expensive, and then they just come and fertilize with nitrogen. So over time, the grasses start dying, and they will call that a syndrome or something, when in fact it's just bad nutrition, right? Mm -hmm. So yes. um, here, on, on your request is for fertilizer for, for pasture, do you get a lot of potassium? In the last year, last year and this year, we've seen more of an increase in in farmer or ranchers wanting more potassium. We used to do mainly 25 tens. You're seeing a, a lot more 2010 tens or 2010 15s. I mean, or people putting out uh, a straight product. Uh, it's called 21021, 21% 21 nitrogen, 21% potash. Mm -hmm. And they're noticing that there is more, especially on hay, they can get more more bales per acre with a higher potassium. So it is a trend we're seeing. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good trend, and we are glad to hear that because we have been preaching that, and it seems that we are talking to the wall. <laughs> but now it seems that it got some traction. And well, in reference to that, Joe, I think the, the grinders has found out that he can't grow as much grass as he needs or wants with nitrogen alone or potassium alone or phosphorus alone. You need all three N, P, and K to grow as much grass as you need. And the most economical way to do it is use both all three N, P, and K and some other elements if you need. Yeah. 
And, and Mr. Edgar, can you please tell us a little bit where this potassium comes from? Well, potassium comes from all over the world. Most of the potassium here used in Florida comes from Canada. Some of it still comes from Carlsbad out in New Mexico. Uh, some of it comes from uh, Spain down the world market. Also, uh, uh, is Dead Sea is a source of of uh, potassium. It comes. They dry that. They put that seawater out there in the desert. And it dries and they plow up that cake after all. And, and a lot of potassium comes from the Dead Sea work. There's several places. I don't recall any right now in South America, though. Russia. Is any South America? I don't, Russia has some. Yeah, oh, yeah, Russia. Russia is a big, big producer in potash. Mm -hmm. We get, we have used Russian potash here, and from time to time we can use some. So we are going towards the end of our interview. So before we end, I, I'd like to ask, so when you are not working, what are the your hobbies? What do you do on your spare time if you eventually have some? <laughs> uh. Well, I'll tell you a story. Maybe it won't take too long. My granddad on my mother's side had a 32-inch double barrel full choke on both sides. And that was his deer gun. Well, I used that gun and Keith used that gun. And now Connor and Carson have that gun. And I'll say this, I've had a gun in the family for over a hundred years, and it hadn't killed anybody yet. <laughs> people kill people. Guns don't kill people. Right. <laughs> Connor, do you have any uh, fishing, say, hunting, or? Hunting and fishing with him. I mean, he's taken us out on grouper fishing since we were two, three years old, it seems like. And uh -huh. we still go out trying to have another trip coming up here soon, so. We'll go 30, 40 miles offshore with them, and he's still the captain. So we have a great time doing that. That's great. And I would like to thank you again for your participation in the podcast. And I am Joe Vendramini. Joe what? 